0: Welcome to Ranger Things, a uh, nice little uh, presented by Skyscraper Sports. It is me, Kevin Krupe, alongside Hi, Kevin. Russell Hartman, here where we talk only New York Rangers for a predetermined amount of time so i let's just get into it i mean one week into the season i think we're five games in four games in we are one
1: three and one.
0: One, three, and one so we are five games into this very early and shortened season so you know we've got a lot to go you know take off our chest and you know just say all this fun stuff so russell let's start like what's what stood out to you as a positive to begin this season
1: I was definitely going to say, let's start with the good. Yeah, then we'll, we'll go, go
0: with the, the bad, and then we'll yeah, end we'll with go the with good. The, nice um, sandwich. the
1: good, there's one good above all I think that needs to be talked about first, and that is Keandre Mother Bleepin' Miller.
0: I mean, you and could that, say it, you could say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's because this was someone who everyone thought, including myself, you, JL, we all thought that this was, he was AHL, next year. No,
0: no, 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 you okay. thought that. I said... I think he could break the NHL roster, but I think he'd be a third-pairing defenseman, not taking on Sidney Crosby.
1: It's so far past what anyone envisioned at this point. This is someone who only switched playing defense like three or four years ago, too. Let's let's remember that, right? So, Keandre Miller, fringe, third-pair, maybe AHL, turns himself into a bona fide, already top-four defenseman on this team, Pairing with Jacob Truba, paired with Brendan Smith. It doesn't matter who he's paired with. He's he good. makes his defense yep. partner better each time he's on the ice. And like you said before, he was locking down Sidney Crosby, who's one of the absolute best players in the entire league. And from from game one, he had a little rough game against the Islanders. The first I mean, game everybody after,
0: had a I'm ignoring the first did. game. Everybody had a bad game.
1: But following that game against the Islanders on opening night, he's been nothing short of spectacular. I I didn't even envision this start for him. He has looked like, I mean, The way he skates the puck out of his zone, his zone entries are fantastic. The way he gets out of danger, he doesn't just throw the puck up the boards. No, he He uses the the body
0: very effectively. And he's not slow either. You'd think like with a body like how big he is, you'd think he would be, you know, you know, a little like I guess coarse and kinda going through molasses, you know, trying to feel like the NHL pace, but he's right there, man. Like, he's, he's joining the rush. He's taking the body. He's I think outside of, like, getting pickpocketed po- pick by Crosby at one point, like, he was flawless against, the, you know, the second game against Pittsburgh. But I, I I agree with you. I think one of the bright spots is Keandre Miller, but we can't let that, you know, outshine what Adam Fox has done uh, so far. He has just, been literally the best defenseman the yeah. Rangers have. It's like some people are saying, like, this is, he's already better than what Mac was at, you know, the, the top of his game, and it's just, how do you, like, how, they're not wrong, but they're not, like, you can't, like, make that assumption already, but he is just looking elite.
1: Absolutely. I mean, he's 22, he's quarterbacking the top power play, it seems every game he makes some play that makes everyone like, whoa, like, oh my god. Oh god, like, god ah! <laughs> yeah, like, holy crap. And, you know, it, it's, the, the question I asked to JL, this is good. A little while ago, was do you think if they knew Adam Fox was going to be this, did they sign Jacob Truba to that crazy deal? But at the same time, JL responded to me as saying it's not just what Truba does on the ice, it's off the ice. Yeah. And Truba's a really effective leader. And Truba's also, ha- you know, I'm tired of Jacob Truba hate. He's been good this year. He's you you lo- can't
0: been- blame Jacob Truba for, you know, differences in growing pains on a team that, you know, he was used to being second pairing guy. And he was like, you're the first pairing guy now. And it's like, yeah, that guy's going to have some trouble, especially when the season abruptly stops. Mm -hmm. But if you really look at it, defense hasn't been the Rangers' problem this year. And that's all we thought it was going to be. We're like, goaltending sure thing. Offense, it's palpable. But the defense defense is the best thing. Again, outside that first game. Everything we're saying, I think, is going to be outside that first game. Yeah,
1: we're not going to talk about that first game. But so the point with the defense is that what we thought was their greatest weakness has become something of their rock. Like even even Brendan Smith has been like playing well in that defense. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just, oh boy, we'll we'll get to well no we can but talk that, later. if if yeah. the if Sunday's game is any like precursor to the rest of the season, I think we're okay. Just because I think that might have been their best game of the season outside of the four goals against the Islanders,
1: but that I was more just
0: game. like a retaliation game. This was like a I think the game before was a better game they had. The game where they lost in the shootout. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there were there were some choice uh, choice things done by the coach that we'll get into later. But I think that game, especially the second period, where you have Fox scoring, Kako
0: ripping one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't Fox. It was Fox, and then deflected by uh, Blackwell, I think.
1: Blackwell, yeah. I mean, they, they played well in Pittsburgh, but the bounces didn't go their way. And the important thing to remember with the Rangers right now is that the metrics are on their side. They're actually playing a lot better than the results have been so far. Obviously, you look at one, three, and one in a bubble; it doesn't look good.
0: In a shortened season,
1: it looks bad. Exactly. (laughs) If you look at their underlying numbers here, out of the last three games against Jersey, against and then the two against Pittsburgh, they should have won all three games based on their on their metrics because Blackwood made forty-seven saves. Yes. They had 50 shots on goal. That's really good, and Blackwood was in the zone. Fair. He stole a game for the Devils. Okay. But for all intents and purposes, the Rangers should have won that game. Pittsburgh, they should have won the first game again. And then in the shootout, I mean, questionable decision on the last Well, you know,
0: I get it. It's like these are the three guys you had last year, and some people want to point out, you know, oh, well, their percentages are good. It's like, yeah, I don't care if – Tony D'Angelo is three and seven. That's not a good sample size. Why not try it out on a guy and give him some confidence? Like, I don't know, your first overall pick in Alexi Lafreniere. What's the word? First of all, you're getting a point. Now it's a skills competition. competition. You have one of the best player, like up and coming rookies ever, right, in a few years, and and you're not going to put him out. You're going to put Tony D'Angelo. And I'm not saying like maybe he was doing it for the same reason. Tony D'Angelo had a bad Game against the Islanders, the first game got scratched. The next two games comes out have a, has a bad game against Pittsburgh, and then that's how that's how you know they result in the shootout. But he's not the one you need to boost the confidence for because you have younger guys that need the confidence boost. And why not put Adam Fox out there? Why not
1: put Filipino out
0: why there? Why not put, Adam, put Pito, Phillip Capo Capocaccio, Alexi Lafreniere, Chris Kreider?
1: You, you have, know exactly. You have all these guys who have skill and can get and, and have better hands, and it's like you know. Filippito scored one of the dirtiest goals I've ever seen in the game against Pittsburgh last week. Like, gets the pass from Di Giuseppe and then Forsberg's Jerry after just... Af- after, like, yeah, after,
0: like, three... After three, three dekes, moves, yeah.
1: Like, I don't know how, like... I don't know how, if you're David Quinn, you don't, like, see that, and you're like, that's my man, like... Well,
0: now now that you mentioned Filippito, and obviously, though, I think that was the game after. Was that Saturday's game? No, was that Friday's game, or was that Sunday's game? That was... Friday's game was Friday's game was the game was the, de- yeah, the the, the yeah, yeah. Philip Hedl Forsberg, yeah. yes I understand that. But now you mentioned Hedl and now he's out four to six weeks, which cripples the weakest point of the Rangers' team as a whole, and that's center position. And you know people are like, well, they should have traded for a Pierre Luc Dubois. It's like no, Winnipeg offered Patrick Lyonnais. I think they got the best deal out of that. Because that's yeah. comparable. Be like, oh, so you're trading Mika Zibanejad for Pierre-Luc Dubois? It's like you could say the same thing. It's just no. You know they don't. Want, they probably asked for Adam Fox or Capo Caco or Lexi Lafreniere. And Jeff Gordon laughed in their no face. Way,
1: there was no way the Rangers were getting Dubois if you see the price that the Winnipeg Jets played to get him. Yeah, I think the Jets more than won that trade.
0: You oh, mean like Columbus?
1: Yeah, Colum- oh, yeah oh, Columbus,
0: Columbus won that trade. <laughs> Columbus,
1: Columbus won that trade tenfold. I mean, not only do you get a uh, 40-goal scorer with a potential for 50, but you also get a young center in Roselbeck who still has a ceiling that he can hit. Yeah, and he, was, so, he
0: wasn't he was playing up to his potential.
1: No, he was not. But anyway, back to the Rangers here. Um, obviously, the loss of Philippito is really going to hurt them, and it exemplifies the issues that this team has been having. But again, before we get to that, I want to highlight what Filippino has been doing this year. Mm-hmm. And he has been the Rangers' best center through the first five games. He was. Making great plays, scoring goals.
0: The third line was the best. The best, the highest scorer yeah. was Phil DiGiuseppe.
1: Phil DiGiuseppe looking great next to Hedl and Kako. That line was buzzing. Um, you know, you kind of feel for Capo Kako here, too. He finally gets really good chemistry with one of his centers, and the guy gets injured. So it's like, you know, an, another potential roadblock for him to get over to keep yeah. progressing in his career. But uh, you know, overall the young players
0: have been playing well and that's really important. The and third and the fourth should... line have yeah. been the best and look like like I know a lot of people don't like Howden, but I feel like he's gotten he's been playing well. He got he's his he's cemented well. in his role in the fourth line position. Him, he played with Rooney, he played with Blackwell, he played with um you. Gautier Gautier, he played with Lemieux, he played with Philip DiGiuseppe. Giuseppe, and each time he's been solid that the back checking has been good. He's defensively responsible. He's winning more face-offs, at least of of late, and that's what you want out of a guy. And outside of the first three games, he's not playing in the offensive zone as much. Yeah, and defensive, it's defensive. I don't want to blame. I don't want to say he's not has he have offensive potential. It's just I don't understand when you have guys like Kako and Lafreniere and Kreider and Panarin and Mika and Pooch. That you're gonna put the fourth line in in an offensive zone start, and that's on the coaching. But I feel like the PK has been phenomenal. The penalty kill, which was one of the biggest questions going into the season, because you lose Fost, who's your biggest, you know, penalty killer, and right. you know you have to supplement him with Booch and Kreider, and that PK has been great. I mean, as of latest, like I think they gave up two power play goals in the last two games, or no? one power play goal in the last, like, two games. Mm -hmm. And they're at 75%, but they're not giving up a lot of chances. They're a very well-disciplined team outside of that first fucking game because that first game, they're calling things left and right against the Rangers, and it's just... Then there's the video reviews and what should have been reviewed and what wasn't reviewed, and it's just... uh, it's, It's just bad officiating, and it's bad coaching. So let's go over the coaching because...
1: Oh, oh, my God. Oh, God.
0: Where do we start here? Look, I mean,
1: it all comes down to a few decisions. I, I, and I want to start by saying this. I was not someone who was calling for David Quinn's head last year or the year before. I thought he was making good decisions for this lineup. Yes. They Brett got Howden- better
0: towards the end of the year anyway.
1: Exactly. The Brett Howden thing was troubling last year where he was just – Brett Howden seemingly got every chance in the book and just – you know, and the accountability wasn't counting towards every player, which is part of the reason why we've seen Leah Sanderson ship to Los Angeles. But this year, I was really hoping for more of what we saw at the end of last year from David Quinn, playing the guys who deserve to play up, playing the best team to give you the best chance to win every single night. But um, the decisions have been questionable at best, uh, starting with Jack Johnson. And I don't want to harp on this guy too much because yes, he's doing his job and he's doing what he can, but at the same time, you know, if you if if, if you're if you looked if you did the job that Jack Johnson did at your job, your boss would fire you. Yeah. Because if you had
0: metrics for your office job, yes, you'd you be in fire. the low percentages.
1: <laughs> because metrics-wise, Jack Johnson is the worst defenseman in the National Hockey League next to Cody CC and others down there. And during the summer when this deal was announced that Jack Johnson was going to be here, I mean, it never made sense to me from day one. And the fear I had from day one was that Quinn was going to fall in love with his ethic and his quality. And his his leadership. Yeah, leadership and all these nonsensical factors that don't attribute to on ice play. And by like the third game, we were seeing Jack Johnson getting top four minutes next to Adam Fox.
0: Um, I mean that—that's more of a, a a result of the penalty killing, which look. I mean, he—he he wasn't terrible as a penalty killer because he didn't have to move that much. When he has to yeah. do a cross ice, you know, move, he looks awful. He but he, awful, and, and you can see yeah. in two of the both the losses in Pittsburgh,
1: Johnson is on the ice for so many of these goals against. I mean, the thing that really got me upset with him last game was he was in the high slot. Puck on his stick, dude. All you gotta do is whip that puck at the net. But then he like has trouble
0: moving it, and yeah, he like
1: looked at it, stumbled, and then like didn't know what to do. And like, it's just little things like that that he contributes negatively to the
0: on ice product. But then you, then we finally get what we want, and it's Fox with Lindgren, Miller with Truba, and D'Angelo with Smith, which is what I said was the issue that was gonna be. And look, I. I said it on another podcast, and I said you were right, Russell, and I don't know if you heard me tell you you were right, but you were right about Jack Johnson getting minutes, because, like, there's no way. This is only as an emergency. You need the veteran leadership. And something that was very disconcerting, and what you just said came true, because Quinn, I think it was last week before he did the Devils game or something like that, and Quinn's like, you know... Metrics really aren't on his side, but he brings a lot to the table. I'm like, no! He's 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 missing the whole
1: point. He's missing the entire point saying, yeah, the stats aren't kind of him. Yes,
0: exactly. Even Joe Micheletti was like, yeah, he's not that great on the stat sheet. (laughs) Unlike am like, like Friday, I'm like, thank you, Joe. Joe, Joe's a straight shooter. I love Joe Micheletti. the, The number one thing with Quinn is like, dude, he's bad. Don't play him.
1: Make him the injury replacement. Have him sit, and if he's needed, shelter him on the third pair. End of story. But thankfully, he was scratched last game, and I hope he's scratched tonight too because I, I can't deal with more of this Jack Johnson stuff.
0: Dude, Next. I, 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 I I agree. And I think just one more thing. It's just if you want him here for, like, a leadership role, you could have just hired him as a coach. Yeah. You could have hired him as, like, yeah, you can hire him as the quote-unquote seventh defenseman or keep him on the taxi squad because they still practice with the group. Well, not the taxi squad, but he he can still practice yeah. with the group and be like, you know, this is what I learned from Jacques Martin, and that's the reason he's here because of Jacques Martin. And Jacques whatever Martin, his love interest with him is, like, I have no idea. Does he owe him money? Does Jacques Martin owe Jack Johnson something? Well, remember, Jack Jacques, Johnson it's a safe place.
1: place. Jack Johnson was bankrupt a few years ago. Jack Johnson was. His, his, his parents like were uh, managing his money and his finances, and he was in like a
0: hole. Well, now I feel bad for Jack Johnson. I was saying Jack Martin probably owes Jack Johnson some money. That's why he's on the Rangers. But
1: Now, the second thing we'll move on with Quinn here is the play of Ryan Strom. And this is very troubling because the reason why I'm sure the Rangers did keep Ryan Strom around was because of his chemistry with Artemi Panarin. But the problem now is Ryan Strom, I've been telling JL and Kevin this for days now is he's out there skating and doing cardio. He's not contributing. I mean, he banged home a goal on last, last game. That's wonderful, but he looks lost. Yeah. Which means Panarin is essentially carrying an entire line by himself. These are things we run into now. David Quinn, should look at what his lineup was doing. Now, I mean, with Philip Hiedel's injury, this is going to get a lot tougher. But prior to that, you see what Heatle's doing with Kako. You see that the two of them are, like, symbiotic off each other right now. They're really playing well. Mm-hmm. Phil DiGiuseppe, he's awesome. He's having a great year. This is not a knock on Phil DiGiuseppe at all. I love the way that guy is playing this year. But – you see that Artemi Panarin's struggling a little bit. Somehow he's still a point per game player. I love this guy because even when he's struggling, he still manages to be a point per game player. Exactly.
0: But like he'll get a few goals in like he'll get a few points in one game and then just supplement like the next few yeah. few games out of that.
1: So you see Panarin is not really himself. So you see Hedl and Kako are driving each other. They're driving the bus, right? Mm-hmm. All I would if I was Quinn, you look at that, you shift Ryan Strom down. You shift whoever you have in that second right winger spot down. You know, may- maybe it's Booch. Maybe it's, you know, um, oh God, who's, in, who's on the other end of that line? with uh, I don't even remember now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But the whole point is, why would you not shift Hedl and Kako up the lineup and
0: put Panarin with the two people who are on fire? Well, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to Artemi Panarin because he's your highest paid player. Which means if he wants to feel comfortable with the person, that's fine. But, you know, when it it boils down to it, it's like, this is where Quinn needs to start having a little bit of like, I don't want to say backbone, because I'm sure he has a backbone. I'm sure he makes decisions because we see Jack Johnson in the lineup every once in a while. So, I mean, he must be thinking that's a good decision on his own. But he needs to realize, like, look... Panarin with Strom is not working. Panarin with Strom and Pooch, not working. Panarin, not working. Strom, Kako, not working. Panarin, Strom, Lafreniere, not working. And it's like,
1: even the line... What's the, the common line, theme
0: there? What yeah. is the common What's theme? What's the common there? theme there? And it's like, it's Panarin and Strom. And look, I wouldn't mind it as much if Ryan Strom was like a face-off wizard or he was defensively responsible or he was the best passer in all the league and he just didn't finish. That's fine, but... Yeah. When you look at the reason why that that line was so effective is because Panarin, obviously, offensively capable. He is defensively capable, too. Not penalty killer size, but he can get back and defend. Faust was the defensively responsible guy, so he was the guy who would forecheck aggressively and get back on the back check aggressively, and Strom was the middleman, and he would do a little bit of both, and that's why it was effective. But Mm -hmm. now you have that third piece gone, it's like maybe you know who might be good in that position? Philip Giuseppe might be a good position player for that. Maybe. Like, I, I, we don't know what might happen. Maybe you have Lafreniere, Zabanajad, and Kako as a line and then just let him tutor the two kids and you can have Kreider and Pooch, you know, spread out because they're more defensively responsible. I don't know what the idea is. We still don't know what the lines are for tonight because, because we're recording this on Wednesday the in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. And Phil Pito's injury has just thrown a wrench into whatever plans they might have had. So now, just as
0: they were like starting to all figure it out exactly. too,
1: like it's 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 crazy. And you know, it it I feel so bad
0: for Phil because this was the year where everyone was looking for him to take the jump, and he's taking the jump though. Like he is the best. Like I I I, I personally don't like um, possession metrics as much as some other people, but he's taken the leap to actually be significantly better, and he's. Like, outside of, like, winning faceoffs, offs which this team is, like, allergic to, no matter who's taking the faceoff, this team is allergic to it. But he's still managing to be a good center. He's managing to be responsible in both ends of the ice. And He
1: looks like a completely different he's a player. Comple- and
0: we knew this yeah. skill was here because last year we saw it in, in bits and pieces, but now he's yeah. consistent. The best line is the third line. Phil Giuseppe, Phil Pedo, and Capo oh, Caco. God. And now that line is gone, and it's just Phil Giuseppe and Capo Caco. And it's like... I think Quinn's biggest problem outside of everything and I really think it boils down to this is if something isn't working right away he jumbles he it immediately panics. he panics. So uh, yeah. like I don't I look it's the beginning of the season. We didn't have a preseason. That's when you decide like who's going to be lining up with who, you know, who's my first goaltender? Like they had no like like the first like 5 games like really just you don't know who your players are until the sixth game now, because you usually have four to five preseason games to kind of get your head on straight. You have an extended training camp, but now they had two weeks to start the season prior and Mika Zabanja wasn't even there because he had COVID.
1: And, and now that's a whole nother we thing. May, we may not even have see Filipino till March. And by that point, who knows how the Rangers are going to look in the standings. And oh man, it's just, it stinks because also Capo caco has been amazing this year. He's looked like a completely different player as well, but that's also due to, in part, to him and Filippito playing so well together. And now it's like, damn, because it's probably going to be Brett Howden there. And I'm not mad about that. Again, Brett Howden has not been terrible this year. Again, in, in his limited role, which is a role suited to him. But Brett Howden going to get a little tougher in lineup matchups now. And, you know, he's not the same type of player Filippito is. Filippito is much more... He's much more a playmaker. He's much more, and, and he has much more dangerous hands than Brett Howden does. So you know he can make plays. Whereas now, when that, a team has to defend that line with the Giuseppe and Howden and Kako, if that is the line, you know
0: who are you going to key in on? Yeah. See, I, if I were Quinn, and it's a tough choice. Tr- like I'm not even going to blame the guy for throwing out whatever he can. I'm not going to give difficult. him trouble. I'm not going to give him trouble for that because that's hard.
1: Yeah. So he's got he's got some issues. But now, if yeah.
0: I were him, I would say screw it. I'm putting a a, a random like th- random you know 13th forward in between Cocquitt and Phildi Giuseppe. And I'm leaving the fourth line cuz that fourth line is good. Howden, Blackwell, and um who is the other person? Not Gaultier.
1: Uh Howden Blackwell and Rooney.
0: Yeah. They were a great line together. Even even if you throw Brendan Lemieux in, you're like D Giuseppe you could play center and then see what happens, but I don't know. I just, I'm not too confident. I wouldn't be confident if I were Quinn, and I'm, I'm not going to blame him for not having a solid lineup that he's still trying to figure out.
1: 100%. If, and
0: but if you're going to jumble it, fuck it. Just throw everything around. Leave the fourth line as it is, and first three lines are just going to be like
1: a blender. figure it out. And you know what? If I was Quinn now, I mean, you obviously don't want to do this ultimately, but for the sake of helping Kappa Okako develop, I would really stick him in that right-wing spot with... Um, I'd stick him with Stroman and Panarin. I would shift. I know that this is probably I, – I would shift Booch down to the third line, leave Lafreniere with Kreider and Zibanejad, and let Bouch, DiGiuseppe, and whoever that is in the middle, let them work and figure out what they can for now because it's important that Lafreniere and Kako get minutes, and not just minutes, but good minutes with good players. Yeah. So I would load the top two lines – Obviously, your bottom six is going to suffer, and it's going to be a little bit of trouble, but I would load the top two lines with the two kids, let them get experience next to Panera, next to Zabanajad, next to Kreider. Let D Giuseppe and whoever goes in the middle there um, figure it out. You keep the fourth line, and you got to hope you can weather the storm until, you know, it's crazy to say, but Filipito has been their best center, not
0: Mika Zabanajad so far. Yeah. But you need to weather the storm until Filippito This is gets when back. This is when the veterans need to step up because, look, yeah. I— They've been the issue this year. They've been the, kids, the issue. And the kids, look, kids I'm not going to blame a guy who had COVID until the day yeah. before a game. So right. I'm, not, I'm not really going to be upset about that. But in the shortened season, you need to really step it up. And Panarin's not happy. You, you saw his press conference, it's like, everybody needs to play better. Yeah, that's true. Everybody needs to play better. And as much as as good as the third and the fourth lines were, they still need to play better. Defense is great outside of, you know, two tricky goals. and. I'm not even gonna blame Igor for two soft goals because the first goal he was screened on and he didn't even see it. Yeah. Like it was a low danger shot that he got screened, double screened on, and then it just somehow found its way to the back of the net. That's not the goal I was upset about. I was I'm upset about that third goal though. But either yeah. one, either the Jared one,
1: McCann goal was the one that real like
0: in the. And you got to get the you got you can't like everybody yeah. was positioned wrong and it's like it's more upsetting. Look, if they were playing bad all night, I'm like I don't care. They played bad, but they were playing so good their offensive pressure was probably the best of the year so far, right. and to let up, like, to reel back and let them take that go-ahead goal in the last few seconds is just so disappointing. So disappointing. And this is when the top six guys, it's on them because they didn't score goals when they should have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you could you could talk about metrics all you want, you'd be like, they had the best metrics, da 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 I don't care. Because they didn't score goals. <laughs> they didn't score goals, and it's like, yeah, potential is great, until it actually happens, it means nothing to me. And that's the same thing with Kako and Lafrenia. Yay. They're going to be great players soon, but they're not great players this second. So, I don't know. It's like it's like with Laf. It, I was talking to JL about this because he pointed something out to me. It's like, do you know how many goals Joe Thornton had in his first year? And I was like, I don't know how many. He's like three. He was, he was bad. He, had, Thornton was, he was bad. And then he yeah, turns he into nice. the player that he is, and he's still playing. So, I'm not really going to like... look. Worry about it.
1: The is the last person I am worried about in this whole situation? And to everyone out there who's like, yo, he's a bust, like, you're crazy. Because even Connor McDavid needed time to adjust to the NHL. It's not like this kid is very good. Yes, his talent is it's awesome. not like he looks lost either. Yeah, he's defensively, he's responsible. He doesn't make mistakes when he's out on the ice. And if that puck wasn't knuckling against Pittsburgh, he would have had his
0: first goal the other night because there was an empty net. Yeah, right. He, next to he, Tristan Jerry. and I, I think he got yeah. The pass was too hard and it went behind yeah. the net, and the then Tristan and Jerry got the leg out.
1: So if that was a, if that was a tape to tape pass, we're not even having this discussion with people right now. But people see all oh, five games. Oh, he's not doing anything. He's doing plenty, and he's doing the right things. And there's a reason why David Quinn trusts him on the top line because he's defensively responsible while contributing to the offense. Lafreniere will get there, and once he gets his first goal or his first point, the floodgates will open for him. The kid needs to get that
0: little injection of confidence that he can do it, and he'll be fine. Not his Korski is 0.5% higher than, than 50%. So Yeah, exactly.
1: He's, <laughs> quite, he's, he's still a positive player he, despite not scoring, which I think is awesome, and...
0: You know, David Quinn... He's on He's on the ice for some bad goals, but yeah. most of the goals he's on the ice for, it's when, you know, the defense was giving up crap like it was Jack Johnson and Tony D'Angelo, or, you know, they got a lucky bounce. Yeah. That's what it was, and it's just, I don't know, it's just... <sighs> so His d- he has he has more defensive zone starts by the way than offensive zone starts he needs to get more
1: offensive zone starts i completely agree with you so hopefully that'll start coming
0: igor other... igor and Georgiev need to like step it up too yes uh, we'll like i don't it. i don't even like i don't even care like look i get it jitters in first few games but you guys are they supposed to be the rocks softies. to this young team the softies being let in or they're back breaking yeah like but then they, but then they turn around and make these unreal saves, and yeah. they're stopping breakaway chances. And the one goal that like I'm not gonna blame Igor for was when Crosby dished it out to who was that? Um, was that Rust? No. Who? In the Pittsburgh game when Crosby like threw like from the defensive zone out for a breakaway. Oh uh, yeah, Brian Rust. Yeah. So Rust was like you can't blame anybody defensively. Just Crosby being Crosby throwing a pass up, and then Igor not stopping a breakaway, which. He stopped plenty up until that point. I'm not worried. Me neither. But the regression
1: of Tony D'Angelo is worrying to me because you sign him and, you know, you expect what you got last year and he has, you know, at times looked even worse than Jack Johnson. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy to see with Tony D'Angelo because, you know, at least with the poor defensive play – You expect to have decent offensive play from him but we've seen neither he's already been replaced on the top power play unit by adam fox who i believe should rightfully be there um so basically that third pairing on defense is a mess and it's turning into like the torts years where you had like Stu bickle and steve eminger and like these guys who just needed to be sheltered and played like five minutes a night and that's why like guys like Mac, Girardi, Stahl, Strongman, they were playing like thirty minutes a night some days. Yeah. And like I'm concerned it's gonna get to that point because Jack Johnson, we
0: talked about but it. But even One even Brendan Smith and Tony D'Angelo, they're not when they're together, Smith is defensively responsible enough to not have to worry about being out of position. Right. He just needs to worry about getting in position to stop a breakaway that's inevitable because Tony D'Angelo can't stop a puck coming to him at the top of the, the circle. Right. So right. I'm just looking at something which is very interesting to me, and I know Igor only played, what, um, three games so far? Well, he started in three games. started,
1: and then he replaced Georgiev in the third period of the Devils game.
0: Yeah, so he has a full... He has yet to give up a high danger scoring chance. Right. That's insane. He has not given up a high danger scoring chance. He's given up um, normal goals, and he's given up... Uh, Three goals on 10 shots on the power play, but, you know, I'm just baffled at the fact that he has yet to give up a high danger chance, and, you know, when it comes to goalies, and I don't know if you ever watch, I know you do, but if anybody's listening, watch D. Valaket in the pregame. He goes over goalies so well.
1: Yeah, I love his analysis. His analysis is
0: fantastic when it comes to goalies, and... He's saying like this is why Igor is successful because he's pushing off this way and this way, and he's like he's breaking off those high danger chances, and it's always these gritty goals and these deflections and these screens that he's giving up. And guess who did that too? Henrik Lundqvist. He barely gave up high danger chances. He was poised yeah. in the net. So you need to stop. Everybody needs to shut up. This whole <laughs> everybody like everybody like blame like laughs a bust, cargo's a bust, Igor's a bust, fuck, blah, 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 blah. but it's like there's no there's no like praise for when they do good. Like you just want to be negative, that's fine. Be negative, but get the hell off my timeline.
1: <laughs> get off my timeline. <laughs> I will block you.
0: Anyway, um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we finish?
1: Um, let's kind of look a- look ahead to this week because cool. it's two two games against Buffalo. And one game against Pittsburgh. We're playing the Sabres twice at Key Bank and playing the Penguins once at MSG.
0: And that's Tuesday, Thursday, and then
1: Saturday. Correct. So, needless to say, you're 1-3-1. and Filipinos out. How are you going to respond? Are you going to further fall into this pit? Of, into this pit? 1-4-1, 1-5-1, 1-6. Are we already looking at another top-10 pick season? Or are the veterans going to look at each other? Are the kids going to look at each other? Talk about it in the room and say, we need to come together and solve this. Not, you know, cry that Phillips has gone. Come together for him so when he does come back, they can still play meaningful games and hopefully, hopefully, maybe still keep competing for that play. Even if they're competitive. Even if these are competitive. Even, I,
0: I'm fine with the last three games that they played. I'm, I'm actually it's fine with pretty, everything uh, but the first game. Because yeah. they're not lost. And they're not being like pushed out of the zone they're having consistent high pressure offense which is great and they're reliable on the defense it's just a few bad goals goals there goes against it's just how they responded and not at that point where they need to respond i think buffalo is not given i think steve again i looked at steve valaket's tweet just because it's very interesting and they have given up really only low danger shots against the capitals they read in the recent games which is great for igor and it's great for everybody, so they're not going to have to worry about a sustained offensive pressure. It's just, when is Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, and Jack Eichel going to just come and, you know, bury everything down your throat? We'll see. It's just, it's also alarming that Rosman Staline is playing third pairing minutes, which is just what... Jeff Skinner's playing bottom pair. I mean, Jeff Skinner's playing fourth line minutes. Yeah, so there's, Buffalo will never be good. And for some reason, I just believe that in my soul. So these are games cool. you need to win. They, they if you want to be competitive. Because yeah. you win these two games, you're right back in it. You're 500 again. You in have you games, have seven points. Back to
1: 3-3-1, three, three and, and you have some positive momentum going back to play Pittsburgh. So it's these two games against Buffalo are very, very crucial. And it's not like, you know what? Losing Filipinos shouldn't decimate this team. There's enough offensive talent. There's enough defensive talent that they should be able to get through this. And Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad... Kreider, Booch, Panarin, these guys need to look it in the
0: mirror and then you'd be like, we're the leaders on this team, we need to fix this, we need to write this shit. Yeah, they have these, outside of Strom, they have the A's. Yeah. And Truba has been playing up to that caliber, but no one else has. And you realize as a leader, you need to pick up your your teammates. You're not always going to be the one person that's going to score, but you need to be that guy to be like, okay, you're not playing that great, I got you, I'll pick up the slack. But either way... I mean, I'm not worried. It's it's not. They're not even supposed to be good this year. It's a shortened season. The expansion draft is coming. You you sign guys like Strom and D'Angelo to expose them in the draft. So, I'm not worried. Are you worried? I'm not worried because you know even if it's I'm does, just I'm just slightly concerned. <laughs> Let's go with that one.
1: And even if it does turn out to be another top ten pick season,
0: the, hey, Kent, if you if you wanna player. if you wanna move that top ten pick, that's how you make your team better too. You don't have to draft somebody. You can always trade them for someone better. This,
1: this also is a good year. There's some. There's also good players this year. Not as strong as last year's draft by any means, but there's still good players you can grab this year. And if they really wanted to, you move that top ten pick, like you said, and get a good quality NHLer in there. Um, but again, uh, with the Rangers, it's for me at least right now. It's wait and
0: see. Show me. <laughs> Show me. I'm waiting. Me. We'll see you tonight. Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening to our first edition of Ranger Things. Um, you can follow us at Sky Sports NY Pod. Follow me at Space Earth Vendor with one E right in the middle. Follow Russell at Russell Hartman 1. And you can follow John Luke Shaparo at JL Shaparo 8. And uh, those are all our Twitter handles. Follow us, like us, tell us whatever you want. You know, tell us a secret. We won't tell anybody. Here's my secret I hate Jack Johnson so much. <laughs> yeah, just play better man no don't play at all don't just sit out game. sit out Jack Johnson okay <laughs> thanks for listening see you next oh, time my God.